Pastor Jim Newsman, this is Truth in the Word on Biblical News Report Talk Radio. The 25th day of April 2020, we're broadcasting today from North Central West Virginia. I'm going to continue on today in the book of John, chapter 20, beginning with verse 11, talking about Jesus appearing to his disciples. Um, further proof of his resurrection, of what he had prophesied is going to come to pass, and of course it did. Before we get into the Word, let's go to prayer. Father, we ask you, Lord, that you bless your Word, which we know you already have. We thank you today, that, Lord, that it's inspired, and you sent your Word, and you healed us. Lord, the thing that will never pass away is your Word. And Lord, as it goes forth today, we will come back, Lord, and touch the hearts and the minds of the people. You see every need and every situation, every circumstance. And I ask you today, in Jesus' name, that you minister. Lord, you said in your word you're touched with our infirmities. That's everything in our life where there's a malady or something wrong. We thank you today that you're sitting by the right hand of God. And we ask you, Lord, all these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. John chapter 20. Um. They had come to the tomb, Peter, John, Mary, Mary Magdalene. <clears throat> they thought for all intents and purposes that uh, that Jesus' body had been stolen, but uh, they had perhaps forgotten what he had prophesied, what he had talked about uh, in a time of, of uh, stress. People don't think straight, and sometimes we forget in a time of pressure in our lives, the promises of God. But that doesn't negate the promises of God. Sometimes we have to uh, slow down when we're in a panic mode, so to speak, as many people say, breathe. Just breathe. Take note. Once again, don't depend upon yourself, but depend upon the promises of an almighty God. I thank God today that his word says we're sealed with the power of the Holy Ghost. That by no means shall nothing ever pluck you out of my hands. Jesus said, I'll be with you even to the end of this age. I'll be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you. And I believe this is the hour and a day that the Lord through the Holy Ghost is going to strengthen his people, the book of Jude, I believe, tells us to build ourselves up praying in the Holy Ghost. Because when we pray in the Holy Ghost, then we pray God's will. So, John 20, verse 11, And Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. 
So, so apparently Mary had stayed behind after Peter and John had had left, and she or she had come back. <clears throat> she looked into the tomb, which represents the second time she had done this. The first time she had said, "Somebody has stolen." Our Lord, he is gone. He's not there. Of course, she saw the stone rolled away. But this time she saw something different. And the Bible says that in verse 12, John chapter 20, and seeth two angels in white sitting at one at the head and the other at the feet with the body of Jesus, listen, had lain, past tense. He was not there. He had done and had followed through exactly what the scripture said was going to happen. He had come out of the grave victorious. So many scholars say these these two angels uh, could have been Michael and Gabriel. They're they're mentioned the most in the Word of God, especially in the Book of Daniel. And of course, Gabriel was the angel of announcement that came to Mary and told her of the virgin birth. So uh, this is a type, a type of the, uh, the, the mercy seat, the mercy seat that, that lays between the two cherubims um, on the Ark of the Covenant that, that God told Moses to build to fabricate. And we, of course we know the importance of the Ark in the Old Testament said today, they don't know where it's at. Many speculate it's here, it's there. But it represented the mercy seat where the blood was was, was applied. Uh, the book of what Leviticus chapter 17 says that there's the life is in the blood, and I have put the blood on the mercy seat for an atonement for your sins. So um, this is a type of, she looked, she was looking at redemption, redemption that, by the way, was finished. <laughs> the new covenant, listen to me now, have, has been cut. God is a covenant God. In other words, God keeps his word. You can take the word of God, as the old saying is, to the bank, and you can trust in it. When everything else fails you today, you can trust in the word of God. We've read the scripture and quote the scripture many times. It's quick, which gives life and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword and cuts asunder and divides and discerns the bones and the marrow. In other words, it gets to the to, to the very core of an individual. I heard many people say, and I agree, that this book, when you read it, it will read you. So we see a type of the mercy seat, Exodus chapter 25, verse 19. And make one cherubim at one end and the other cherubim at the other end, even of the mercy seat shall you make the cherubims on the two ends. So she was looking redemption, square in the face, looking at prophecy being fulfilled, square in the face. Jesus was not there. Jesus was alive and is, uh, is alive. Every other... Religion based on man or based on doctrines, but leaders for the most part are in the grave and never come out of the grave. 
There's only one who's the first fruits of death, my Lord, and that's the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I thank him today. He was mindful enough of us to come and die on a cross and to raise on the third day and ascend into the Father right now, making intercession for me and for you. Verse 13. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She said unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. So they ask a question. And from her from her perspective, this is what she had concluded in her mind, that that the Lord was, uh, that somebody took away his body. His body, of course, we know was resurrected. Verse 14. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back, listen now, and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. So she did not recognize him. This is the man that had cast seven devils out of her. They had changed her life completely. And by the way, still changing lives today. Come unto me, ye that are heavy laden in labor. And I repeat this scripture a lot, but it's so important. Come unto me, ye that are heavy laden in labor, and I will give you rest. Man, what a scripture. What a promise. What a promise today. And that's for you, and that's for me, and that's for everybody. God's not a respecter of persons. Whosoever will. So she did not recognize him. Verse verse 15. And we have Jesus speaking again in your Bible. It's going to start to feel red again. And he said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She's supposing him to be the gardener. I mean, we laugh, but you got to understand. you got to understand the dilemma, the heartache, the grief. My Lord, they were blinding these people. Blinding them. This, this, this guy was the most important man in their life. He should be the most important man in all of our lives. And said, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. So she had thought that Jesus was the gardener. So she was asking him simply, if you allow me, if you take the body away, then allow me to recover the body, and I will go, and I will go and give him a proper burial. Verse, verse, verse sixteen. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. <laughs> this is something. She turned herself and said unto him, Rabboni, or Rabbi which is to say, Master. The light come on. And Mary, for all you people out there that don't believe in woman preachers, was the first preacher to herald the resurrection, which is the gospel, the cross, the burial, the death, the burial, and the resurrection 
of Jesus Christ, the finished work. And the lights come on, and she saw who he was. And, of course, we know that that uh, she was excited. In verse, in verse 17, Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not ascended unto my Father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. That word touch me not means to fasten or to cling to, to 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 grab a to grab a hold of it. Scholars say well smarter than I am, that uh, now later on we'll see people touching him, Thomas did. That that this was before he went and put the blood on the mercy seat in heaven. And that could very well be. But she was saying or he was saying, Don't 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 touch me, for I've not ascended unto my father, but I ascend un, unto my father. So so uh, Christ portrays a relationship here between the believer and the Heavenly Father. And this is what it's all about. This is this is why Jesus came, the Bible says, to reconcile man back to God. So we we are in we are in communion we are in fellowship today if we if if we are in Christ. The song says, "In Christ alone, I place my trust." All other ground is sinking sand. The Bible declares that Jesus Christ was the mediator between God and man. He was the man, Christ Jesus. The only way that me and you can approach a thrice holy God is through the blood. Of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is what it's all about. It was about relationship. About reconciliation. Jesus Christ took the hand of man and put it in the hand of God. <laughs> Once again, restoring fellowship that was broken in the garden when Adam and Eve. Oh God. And of course, what proceeded was the fall. This is something exciting. Where we are once again united because of the work at the cross, we are once again reunited, as far as man goes, back to God. Adam was a son of God. Me and you are sons of Adam. That means we were born, listen to me now, with a fallen sin nature and the only answer for that today we are <laughs> you're not going to like this but we're naturally sinners oh I don't sin okay well the Bible says you're a liar because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God verse 18 Mary who Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and he had spoken these things unto her. And of course, her account was met with unbelief. unbelief. One, thing, 
when things rattle, you know, we're all, we're all, you know, when things are going good, yeah, you know, uh, nothing will move me, nothing will separate me. I'm, I'm rock solid. But when things begin to shake, the Bible says that our faith will be tried. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says, count it all joy, believe in the book of James, when you fall into diverse temptations. That means a lot and different ones. Jesus said, when I come back, will I find any faith in the earth? Don't be too hard on, on everybody that's involved in this because uh, we're, we are men in like manner, men and women in like manner. And uh, we we are prone, listen to me, we are prone to fail sometimes. I mean, we, we don't want to, but if if you've been a Christian for any length of time, I, you can tell me today and I can tell you that we failed. But thank God for grace and thank God for mercy and thank God for reconciliation and thank God today there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus for those who walk after the Spirit and not in the flesh. For the law of life that's in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law that's against us of sin and death. Listen, we are saved by grace and we are saved by mercy. Me and you did not do one thing to earn our salvation and neither can we. You can't do nothing today to make God love you any more than what he already does. Everything that you need was accomplished at the cross 2,000 years ago. In Mark 16, verse 9, now when Jesus had risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils, and he went and told them that he had been with him, that, and they mourned and wept. And when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, believed not. Believed not. She said, she said, she said I, I, I was just in his presence. He told me to come tell you, to be a herald, that, that tell your brethren that I am resurrected. Verse 19. In the same day at evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were as assembled for fear of the Jews, they were afraid they were going to be crucified, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. Now, I want you to go up here and notice what it says, when the doors were shut. When the doors were shut. First day of the week, of course, in the Jewish calendar is Sunday. And they were assembled of fear because at any moment they expect the doors to be open and the Romans come in and drag them away and they themselves be charged with blasphemy because maybe of their what association with Christ. You say, well, that that's not faith. Well, no, that's human. That's human. And the Bible says Jesus 
In other words, he'd come through the walls. Solid objects had no power over him. And uh, now his body, of course, was he he was he was well glorified. And as Paul explained in First Corinthians fifteen, as he was the first fruits of death, that 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 uh, now he'd taken on immortality. Of course, he was always God, but he he was all man, and he did this. We follow suit. The Bible says mortality will put on immortality. Corruption will put on incorruption. This is the eternal body of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is what we're going to be. As Jesus Christ was, so shall we be. Remember, he's the first fruits. He went before. He's the trailblazer, so to speak. He went before. That 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 men feared death for years, but because of what Jesus Christ did, the men no longer had to fear death. Death is simply, and I don't like to use that term because we know it's 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 horrible in the eyes of people and the eyes of everybody else. But but it's it, it it's a uh, uh, um, a pass. It's something that must be. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, and then the judgment. Then the judgment. So this physical body we live in is is temporary. We we get older. And if we live long enough, we're going to die. But, of course, I believe there's a resurrection coming. I believe there's a rapture coming. Some some will not taste death, per se, in that way. But the Bible says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? In 1 Corinthians 15, let's read it. Verse 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. Listen, we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, where the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised, listen, incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Because of what Jesus Christ did, because of what he did. And he says, peace be unto you. And when he had said, listen, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. The Bible says in Luke 24, 36, as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrightened and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled? And why do your thoughts arise in your heart? And that's something, the discerner of our hearts. Behold my hands and my feet, that is, and I myself handle me. And see, see, for a spirit hath not listened flesh and bones as ye see me have. So he wasn't a spirit per se. Of course, he was a spirit, but he was clothed in flesh and blood, just like me and you. We are an eternal spirit ourselves. We're going to live somewhere eternally, somewhere. The Bible says heaven or hell. But he had a physical body. I've heard many people say, and that's not 
you know, its opinions that that uh, that all of us will be around the age of 33, which is at the age of Christ died when when we are reunited in our body. I'll take that. Okay. So there stood Jesus in the midst of them. Um, 21. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so I send you. So this, he's speaking of the Great Commission, of what he has called them to do, which he'll speak He'll speak further. He's already he spoke before he died and come out of the grave. Now he's going to speak and tell them that they must go and preach the gospel, which is the good news, which they the Bible says they've handled, they touched, they saw, there's witnesses of. In Acts chapter one, verse six, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that ye that the Holy Ghost come on you, that ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea, Judea and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And this is of course what they did. They went and and, and dwelled in the upper room. One mind and one accord. Until the Holy Ghost came, like a mighty rushing wind, the Bible says, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and they were they were endued with power, dunamis power, power. The Bible says, "Are these the men that turned the world upside down?" Verse twenty-two. And when he had said this, he breathed on them, and this. It's a type, or not a type, it's, it's, it's likened to what happened in Genesis 2-7 when Christ leaned over Adam and breathed the breath of life or breathed his spirit, the rock spirit in Adam, and he became a living creature. Now we have the second Adam, of course, himself being God, breathing on the disciples, birthing the church, the New Testament church, which is, should be totally controlled by the Spirit, should totally be endued with power from on high. <clears throat> and he breathed the Holy Ghost into his disciples. He breathed on them. He says, receive you the Holy Ghost. Receive the salvation that I have provided. See, we, we cannot be saved except it be through the Holy Ghost and the power of God. Verse 23. Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them, and whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. In other words, whoever receives me, your sins are forgiven. But if you don't receive, if they don't receive me, then their sins are retained or not forgiven. 
Matthew 18, 18, verily I say unto you, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. <clears throat> Pardon me. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called what? Denimus, which means twin, was not with them when Jesus came. 25. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger in the prints of the nails, and thrust my hand to his side, I will not believe. He he knew where he was punctured, and he knew he knew uh, where, where the nails was, where he was stabbed in the side with the spear. He said, I will not believe. Wow. Unbelief isn't good. Unbelief is not good, but we know things are going to turn around for him. 26. And after eight days, again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, listen, the door's being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Just what happened in verse 19. The door's being shut. After eight days, well, this will probably be around around Sunday again. Peace be unto you. Stood in the midst. Now, that alone probably should have, have maybe quickened Thomas going, hmm. And uh, the joy of the Lord's our strength. And I can imagine the excitement that these men were having, that, that their Lord was resurrected. 28, I'm sorry, 27. Then said he to Thomas, reach hither my finger, behold my hands, reach hither my hand, and thrust it into my side. Listen. And be not faithless, but be believing. I believe that's directed towards all of us. In other words, have faith. Have faith. In Mark 16, verse 14, afterward he appeared in the eleven as they sat at meat and, and unbraided them, kind of scolded them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Jesus talks about a generation with the spirit of unbelief. I said before he said in his word, when I come back to the earth, will I find any faith in the earth? Many times as he worked his miracles, he would say, your faith has made <clears throat> pardon me, you whole. Verse 28. And Thomas answered and said unto him, the light come on, my Lord and my God. In other words, he believed. Now he believed. Jesus said in 29, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Listen, listen, listen. Blessed. He's talking about us. 
Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. You must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those that seek him diligently. Now, how do we seek God? How do we get to God? We, we, we have to go through Jesus Christ, who is God himself, the mediator. Jesus said there's only one way to the Father, and that's through me. One way. One, listen, I know, I know people spouting off today, well, there's uh, many ways to God. No, there isn't. No, there isn't. There's one way. And that's only through Jesus Christ. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. That's a truth today. And the Bible says the truth will set us free. How do we handle the truth? How do we deal with the truth? What are you going to do about Jesus? You cast him aside, you reject him. Then you are sealing your destiny. If you reject Jesus Christ, simply put, you'll spend eternity separated from God, and the Bible calls it hell, a place of torment. What the Bible says, I didn't write it, but yet they believed. They have not seen. Verse 30, and many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in the book. <laughs> 31, But these are written that you might believe, which were our faith, that Jesus is the Christ, that the word Jesus, Christos, is the uh, Christ Christos, which means anointed one, anointed one, Emmanuel, God with us, and the government shall be on his shoulders, the scepter shall not depart from the tribe of Judah. But you might believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And that believing you might have life, Zoe, a God kind of life, through his name. Jesus said, I come as you might have life, and you might have it more Abundantly. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. So next time we're, we're, we're going to talk about Jesus appearing by the sea. And that's the last chapter of the book of John. Go back and study. study. I, don't, I don't know everything. Go, go, go back and read this for yourself. Take time to study the word of God. Study to show yourself approved of workman that needs not to be ashamed. I heard a man say, and I believe that repetition is the mother of learning. Just do it over, read it, read it, read it, read it, read it, read it. Let it get in your heart, let it get in your spirit. Because this word lives, it's alive. And this whole book, now the last book of the Bible is the revelation of Jesus Christ, but the whole book's a revelation of him. In the Old Testament, concealed in the New Testament, revealed. It's all about him. He's the one we're looking for. The Messiah, our Savior, is coming back. In like manner, I just read to you. In like manner. Not coming back to a manger. Not coming back to be beat, beat on, spit upon, hung on a cross. He's coming back just be, to be blunt, to overthrow the governments of this world. 
The Bible says God brings up kingdoms and God brings kingdoms down. And man's rule will be done. And God's eternal rule, the thousand-year reign, the thousand-year reign, then afterward eternity after Jesus deals one more time with Satan. He's cast into the lake of fire. So we're talking about the king. The king of kings and the Lord of lords. The government shall be on his shoulders. Man will not bring about the utopia that they're seeking to do. Man cannot usher in peace. There'll be no peace until the Prince of Peace comes back and sets his feet on the Mount of Olives, spreading that mountain. The, the waters out of the Kindron Valley floating into the Dead Sea, and that which was dead shall live again. Do you know him today? Do you know Jesus Christ? For the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violence will take it by force. This is Jesus. This is what he does. You can read in Revelation chapter 5, you can see him starting to take the title deed back from the powers of darkness, from Satan, who the Bible declares now for a season is the God of this world. Do you know him today? Do you know Jesus Christ? The Bible says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart to God to raise him from the dead. Repent. Repent. And denounce all evil we've ever done. <clears throat> that word repent means to turn. To go in a different direction. Ask Jesus Christ to sit on the throne of your heart. Ask him to be Lord of your life. And then the Bible says, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved and shall be delivered. I wouldn't go another day if I know any the hope, the peace that he brings, the deliverance. The Holy Ghost will comfort us, will lead us and guide us and teach us. If you don't have a church, find you a good Bible-believing church and go there where, where the man and woman of God preaches the Word of God. The truth, which will always set you free. Song says, Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. The song says, I wish we'd all been ready. For the kings of this world shall become the kingdoms of God and his Christ. God, we thank you, Lord, what you've done, what you're going to do. Thank you today for your word. And how it won't come back, boy, we did that what you sent it to do. And we ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you would save souls today, heal minds, heal bodies, change lives. Lord, you said you're touched with our infirmities. That's everything that, Lord, that pressures us today, everything that, that seems to be out of kilter. You're touched with them. You know about them. You're mindful of us. And your provision at the cross was to be saved, to be healed, to be delivered, to be set free. You were chastised for our peace of mind. 
Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus over this nation, over the leaders, over this world, over every church, over every preacher, every pastor, every member, every Christian. We plead the blood of Jesus. Lord, we sing the song, send down the rain, Lord, send down the rain. Send down the latter rain. How we need that today. Lord, we're, we are, are expecting an outpouring of your spirit like we've never, ever seen before. And Lord, help us get positioned. Help us, to, Lord, to, to, to get in your word and let your word and your blood and your power sanctify our lives. Lord, we might be ready. We might be looking and watching and waiting for what you're going to do. Lord, you told Habakkuk to write division down to get it before him. And his appointed time had come to pass. You said, without a vision, a man, woman, boy, or girl will perish. We ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name for your glory. Amen and amen. God, God bless till next time. Lord is my shepherd, I shall.